0: What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Gunter, and I'm excited to introduce to you today, Dave Maloney. Now, if you don't know, Dave is the founder of the D10 Decathlon in some circles, still known as the Wall Street Decathlon. And it's an incredible event where over the course of a weekend, they have individuals and teams uh, compete in 10 separate events. And so you can kind of think about it It's a lot like the NFL Combine meets a traditional track decathlon, all done in one day. It's incredibly grueling, and it's actually really competitive. It's a lot of fun. Uh, But what's so impactful about what they've built is it's all done in the name of raising money to help fight pediatric cancer. So Dave talks a little bit today about how he built it. And over the course of 10 years, the D10 has raised nearly $15 million dollars. And they work with incredible uh, beneficiaries across the country, like Memorial Sloan Kettering and a lot of institutions that are local to the cities where their events are held. But in addition to this great cause, the reason I wanted to have Dave on the show is one, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, He's also a family man. But the platform and the community that they've built through the D10 is exceptional. Everything down from the, the game day experience, the technology given to the players, um, the technology that spectators can use at home to watch and actually, uh, donate based on performance, really, really innovative. And in addition to that, Dave's a former athlete. We talk a little bit about that today. Uh, we talk about what's it like to run a company in this environment, especially something that's based on donations, uh, as its core mission. So we Really, really great conversation. His perspective is as enlightening and, as, uh, and interesting as I had hoped. Also, make sure to stick around for the Run It By My Wife segment. We talk about some bad gambling beats over this weekend. I took advantage of uh, some of these free deposit bonuses in the state that we live in. And uh, man, I was on a roller coaster. And it was probably one of the simultaneous gambling highlights and lowlights, probably of my life quite frankly. So we talk about that. Uh, Sonia reminds me why she's such a great wife yet again. And uh, it was a whole lot of fun. Let me say this. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. If you want to get in touch with us, go to KenGunter.com. Love to connect with you that way. You can shoot us an email. You can also follow the show on Instagram at the underscore professional athlete. So please do feel free to drop us a line without further ado though let's cut to the chase and welcome dave to the show here we go
1: i gotta get up i got too much to do yeah
2: i gotta get going i gotta talk to
0: Well, Dave, thank you very much for joining the show.
3: Um, I'm, I'm excited to, to be on here. What an honor. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Of all, of all the publications that you've been featured in, I'm sure this is the highest honor. <laughs> Top three. Top three. Oh, okay. Well, perfect. Um, so how's it going, man? I, I know you've got a lot on your plate right now, and I'm sure a pandemic doesn't help things at all how what what does life look like for you these days trying to run a massive nonprofit in the midst of what is you know the biggest pandemic of our lifetime
3: yeah um well the the the, the d10 you know this has been this is a tough year um you know the, the, to just to be clear i mean the the d10 the way we've always built this business what is to not be the nonprofit but rather to be oh. the conduit that empowers the nonprofits and in fact mm. that build the back end uh, so that, you know, in fact, by the way, you know, this no, I mean, no, uh, no slight. No, so no it's to you can We, we had always uh, designed uh, this So that,
0: just so you know, on this show, it, yeah. it, it, the show, the last section is with my wife. It's a run uh-huh. by my wife section. Okay, It's nothing but slights. So this will probably be the most <laughs> cordial part. Of this podcast so yeah. feel free to fire away
3: <laughs> well sure so so in, in that regard we've always been this like f- uh, public facing uh entity to support on the back end uh the um uh the the, the charity we didn't want to be a yeah. pass-through entity or kind of hmm. get in the way of transactions supporting a nonprofit. but to your specific oh. question like what's it like running that uh, in, during a pandemic, you, you're 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 kind of looking at the beneficiaries and asking like, "Well, what is it that you guys want to do? Where can I be helpful?" And yeah. they recognize that, you know, we're we're just not a um, kind of virtual uh, enabler like we, we the D10 on your phone is like playing the super bowl in the backyard against like invisible people like it's just it's not the same thing <laughs> it's not the same there's thing. just n- it, so it you know we're we're here in a sense like you know candidly, you I mean it's you know we we just hope that we get through through it you know as a society yeah. you know, let's just get through it quickly here so we can return to doing what we do because we don't have there are plenty of other companies that do a great job in kind of pivoting their audience or pivoting their theme pivoting their capability into one that is virtue, you know, driven, uh, you know, as, as a virtual equivalent. We just don't have that.
0: Right. Right. So, So, you know, I've, I've, and the guests have heard me talk about it a few times, but I've participated in the D10 a few times. I'm a huge fan of it, right? What you guys do as an organization is just incredible. Um, you know, the sense of community that you've built, the charities that you support, um, It really is, uh, you know, I mean, best in class in in terms of like what you guys do. So I'm so honored to have uh, had the opportunity to be a part of it a couple times. Um, But, you know, I think what I did not realize is you're an athlete yourself. Not that I didn't peg you as one, but I did. I did some, you know, from time to time, we do some research around here, Dave. And uh, I didn't realize that you ran track in the SEC.
3: Yeah, I got my ass kicked by a bunch of Kenyans <laughs> for a couple of years. I mean, hey, great seats to great events because I was 50 meters behind the leaders. Oh, uh, okay. You, know, so, you can see them. Yeah. So, right what were there.
0: The, yeah. <laughs> what, what were the events for you? Uh,
3: you know, I ran the 800, I ran the 1500, um, principally the 1500, and, mm. uh, you know, ran cross country. And um, yeah, had a, I mean, had had a good time. Had a kind yeah. good time doing that, and that's what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, for most of my life was to be a you know
0: collegiate uh, athlete. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no bigger conference. I mean, maybe the people at the University of Oregon might have something to say about it, but as far as conference strength, oh, oh, I wish we had the video. <laughs> wish we had the video for this. But uh, I mean, the SEC is like the pinnacle for for nearly every sport. I mean, really you know, there's, there's some arguments for basketball, but man, the SEC is like as good as it gets.
3: Uh, man, that experience was great. I mean, it it, it was, um, you know, it it was it it. it so in many respects, kind of drove a lot of what I did a lot of decisions that we ultimately made in in developing the D10. Ah, okay. Um, right. So like the 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 pageantry of an SEC championship or an NCAA championship, yeah, um, like what what made that special? Hmm. Um, um, additionally, you know, some of the um, what I always found were the the, the perplexing inefficiencies on a hmm. big stage. So, for example, um, in you know 1998, the SEC championships. You don't know if you if you're doing the decathlon. You don't know in real time your place. Think about that. In 1998, you don't know if you're that in third, wild. fourth, eighth, fourteenth. You don't know event from event, right? Um, in a, in an
0: event that you have to be so strategic,
3: right? Like, you're waiting <laughs> to understand. You're waiting for results to post. They are literally printed out. They were taped to um, a wall yeah. usually nearby and you're in there your coach will go look that up same thing even in the 1500 heat one yeah. would run to qualify for the final heat two runs heat two doesn't know what the time gets to the track it doesn't know right what you need to run to make the final so when yeah. we do the heat 10 hopefully right you appreciate this like you Absolutely. know, when you cross the finish line, you know, you ran a four, six, three, it equated to 734 points and yep. it moved you from fifth to fourth or fifth to a not like, boom, right there.
0: Yeah. Well, and you got to imagine like the the type of folks that come out for the decathlon and, and I'll, I'll give an intro before, um, you know, this, this section of the show, but like a lot of type A folks who <laughs> I imagine if they didn't get that instant feedback, there'd be some disgruntled uh, athletes out there.
3: You're absolutely, absolutely right. We, we um, sort of the, in 2000, I want to say it was 2011, hmm. 2011 was the first year that it was more than me and my friends. And in 2000, all okay. so, right. So we, we do the event in 2011. We used to do it in the fall. Guys call it the fall classic. Ah. And okay. In the fall. And the morning after the event, I'll save his name, but there's this analyst from J.P. Morgan who I don't know (laughs) who does the event. And the morning after the event, he has plotted, he has plotted all of the results and variations on each of the events, and he has written an analyst report, effectively lambasting me, lambasting me (laughs) because the uh, nonlinear scoring chart was inaccurate and he (laughs) he proves this you know through this robot and i was like oh my gosh you know this is not ever going to be a lax a casual endeavor never right right there was like you gotta get your shit together right you gotta score this thing for real you gotta find this (laughs) thing for real because no one will ever let you down
0: right can, can we talk about how in 2011 it came to be? Cause you alluded to the fact that you were doing it with your friends beforehand. So was this just like a casual event amongst buddies for like bragging rights? Or like how, how did this thing come to be? Yeah, here's, here's the story. Um,
3: you know, my, my mother had gone through cancer. People I'd worked with had passed away from cancer. So I said, all right, I don't want to do a, a road run. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't going to do a race, a walk. None of that was interesting at all to me. Yeah. Um, so, I wanted to do like the NFL Combine. Um, but the Combine, six events, uh, I wanted to make it sort of more, more uh, pertinent to a little dude like Mace. So we added four <laughs> track and field events. Our first year we did it, we rented the East 7th Street Park in New York City. We did oh, six cool. events in the park, including free throw shooting. Free throw oh, shooting. I one love of the skills. It. Okay. You had 15 I love it. free throws. Yeah. Um, so, we do this event, we write the whole thing down on a clipboard. Okay. Then we leave the East 7th Street Park, and this is me and 10 other guys. We all get into cabs pre-Uber. You get into a cab, <laughs> and we drive over to the New York Sports Club at uh, the, the corner of Broadway and Wall. Oh, and that, yeah. Yeah, that New York Sports Club, <laughs> on, it was a Sunday because it was, it, was, it, was, it was low traffic. So we go into that sport club. The moment we, get, the moment we walk in, I turn to the woman who was keeping scores. She, score, she took the results for the first six events. Yeah. I said, uh, give me the clipboard. <laughs> she left it in the cab. So the, oh. first, the first year, ever, you've never seen a bunch of 10, 11, I mean, including myself, 11 right. guys suddenly, everyone everyone remembers that 40 yard dash time four, five, five, yeah. four, five, six, four, five, five. right? Yeah. So complete bullshit. So that's how we do it. And then, <laughs> so we go through that, that first year, just 11 guys. Oh, cool. Um, you know, it was, it was like a, you know, just a day in the park. I rented the East 7th Street Park, paid like $34 to the parks department. It was crazy. Right. And then the following year, um, I co-called uh, Eric Matashe- Matashefsky, who was okay. the sports reporter at Bloomberg. And I said, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna crown the best athlete on Wall Street. And he was like, hey, what does that mean? I said, well, I, just, I just said it, right? Like, who gives a shit? Like, who's right. going to tell me I'm not? Uh <laughs> I <laughs> said, so we're going to do the NFL Combine plus four events. We're going to call it the Wall Street on He writes the story. It's the number one story in Bloomberg that day. But he wrote the story on Friday. Okay. It's the number one story on the Bloomberg Terminal all day. The event's Saturday. So everyone misses it.
0: Wow. And
3: it's a follow-up story number one again on Monday about who won it. And it was then that I'll say, you know, save his name, but There was this really prominent energy trader who had written – it wasn't quite an algorithm, but it was a complex mathematical equation that determined how much he would donate. And it corresponded to how one guy who was a wrestler at Pitt, how many tricep dips he performed. And it ends up being that that one donation triggers – it's $128,000.
0: No, getting your second year
3: yeah so was, well, I mean it was the first year of raising money, but it was the yeah. second oh, okay. year wrong, right And Got I was it. like, oh my gosh, that's, that's that's the magic. So let's build a betting system and then 2011, you know we had sort of pre prepped the press like, hey, we're going to do this again. there's going to be more than just you know 12 guys right 2011 it hits and like sells out immediately and there you go. So-
0: what, that's amazing when, when did you make the decision um, that hey this is something worth like diving into you know what I mean all the way uh, like, would, you re, are you still working at this point because you, you worked in yeah. finance are yeah, you, so yeah, you're yeah. still in finance yeah. at this point yeah,
3: yeah you know it was I think it was around that 2011 time period I, I remember yeah. having a conversation of like this thing is either because it was getting po- like it got it became
0: popular right They'd Well, it's that, such a like, great tagline like even if you're not in finance you're like i kind of want to know who the most athletic guy in finance is
3: <laughs> yeah i don't i don't even write an and answer to like i don't know why i want to know that but it's a good <laughs> i don't even know why who cares it's worth but knowing there's know, for some even, reason
0: <laughs> yeah
3: um you know i think i think it was around that 2011 time period where where we realized okay we've got something here and this thing is either yeah. going to die because it's just too it just requires too much attention and you just let it and let it go. But I was like, no, this thing has legs. And mm. let's see. And um, I think it was late 2011 uh, into 2012, the Royal Bank of Canada bought the naming rights and it was contingent upon me doing this as a full time job. Oh wow. I'm like, let's go.
0: Yeah. So it was the Very RBC cool. path on for years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So, I mean, were you already beginning to think about changing career paths? Like, well, let me ask you this: How'd the conversation go when you told your mother that you were leaving your great finance job to to start a startup? Yeah, we. I mean,
3: we didn't have a conversation like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like probably you know, like like every entrepreneur, at, at some point, you just, you just you know, you you take the risk at at no point is a pro con list ever going to net out the merit or the prudence in you becoming an entrepreneur. Like there's always too many cons to it. So like every, every entrepreneur talks about that. Right. And you just, you know what? I'm going to try it. What's the worst that can happen? (laughs) I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids. Right. Just go back to doing what you were doing if if it failed, but it wasn't going to, it had momentum. Now yeah. I, had a, I had a named sponsor, it had proven it could raise money, it had a betting system. Like what, you know, why would it fail?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Were, were you always like so, you know, I'm, I'm going to say confident and I mean that in the best way possible. Like, is, is that just like, did you always know that you were an entrepreneur at heart or did this just kind of like develop over time? You found something, you were passionate, you saw an opportunity and said like, let's just go for it.
3: Mm. Uh, I've always been hyper, uh, maybe anal retentive, super <laughs> specific on trying to control a lot of things. And it's hard to do uh, as an employee. Now, I, I don't mean that uh, as, as that is always a virtue, right? That certainly hasn't always served me well. Yeah. But as an entrepreneur, it does serve me well. Hmm. More often than not, okay. So well, I can control. I could. I could control so many of the details, whether you recognize them as details or not. I could could do that, and as a result, deliver a product, deliver an experience where you say, "Hey, this thing is great. It's worth my time. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it again."
0: Yeah. Well, is is that, is that also, has that been challenging for you at all? Because I have to imagine, you know, needing to be as agile as one has to be starting a new business. um, You know what I mean? Like, has has there been a lot of growth that's had to like come as a result of that? Uh, Growth as a person? Well, growth is in like, you know, a willingness to not control everything is maybe what I'm wondering. Like, you know, in order for the D10, and I guess maybe here's why I'm asking, right? The D10 now has raised, I think it's nearly $15 million, right? Mm -hmm. Which is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, I think, you know, I was looking this week, six cities at least, you know, like it's, it's grown to this point where it's like this, you know, it's a national event that takes place in multiple cities. There's different communities. Like at some point, like you had to give up that control, um, like where did you, you know, come to that point where you were kind of like, okay, like this thing is bigger than myself. I need to start like letting some, some people take some stuff off my plate.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, maybe it didn't happen. Sl- <laughs> Slow. This is, yeah. this is like the part of the part of entrepreneurship is at some point, all of those things, you know, yeah. Right. Things have to get taken off of your plate. And you have to have processes in place where either you've automated processes or you've automated the process for someone else to then perform it,
2: hmm. right?
3: to orchestrate it. what um, I would say, I mean, uh, yes, it's a bigger entity, but it's not too large uh, yet to be at, at a place where um, I can't uh, – where I, I can no longer um, meddle, you know, so, in, yeah. so, in the so details.
0: Dave's fingerprints are still all over it. Then is is what I'm hearing.
3: Pur- purposely, because I think it's still imperfect.
0: Ah, you know. So what what is your what is your vision for the D10? Because right now, for as an outsider, I'm like, man, what what an incredible thing that's been built. It generates. You know, I I don't want to get the numbers wrong, but I felt like it generated over a million dollars the last time in New York alone uh, on a single weekend. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, so
3: New York City has done between 1.2 and 1.6 million annually since 2012.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. So, you know, for you, um, you say that it's imperfect. I guess what's your what's your vision?
3: Yeah. If, I mean, the, can the D10 exist in 30 cities? Y- yes. Maybe, maybe short answer uh, is the vi- the vision has changed since COVID hmm. it really interrupted the event. If we sit here today. If you ask me, you know, when, when, when does the season restart? Um, I don't know. I think I had a different idea as most people did a month ago. And, <laughs> and, and now it's like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, Someone has to guess, and by the way, you've got to guess and be right about a year in advance,
2: because oh, wow.
3: that well, that's that's your that's how you know that to to book your venues, begin your marketing, begin your customer acquisition, companies mm-hmm. that that sponsor. Uh, I don't know if we'll talk about that, but like you know, companies that sponsor, you need plenty of conversations and budgeting and planning on how you're going to use their money. You know. Mm. Um, so, so the, the vision for it, you know, once was, Oh, you know, we'll make this thing, um, you know, in three dozen cities, in, you know, in the U S and then take it internationally and be able to exchange events uh, to be more applicable to international uh, kind of, you know, athletic norms. Yeah. Uh, now it's like, I, you know,
0: who knows, Right. When do, when do we get to do it again? Yeah. Uh, I, I got to imagine that's really tough. Well, you know, so understanding the vision's been interrupted, right? Again, as someone who um, was a, a spectator of sorts, someone who's competed in it twice, I would say as an outsider, it, it looks like an incredible success. Um, You know, understanding you still intend to grow it, but you know, w- what do you think has been kind of instrumental to the success that the D10s kind of enjoyed up until this point?
3: It's got a good brand. It, yeah. hasn't, it didn't saturate. Um, hmm. But, but may, maybe, maybe I'll give you an answer that you're not, not expecting. Yeah, please do. But, Come on. At the, at the beginning of the Mud Run craze. Oh, yeah. I know all those guys. Okay. Okay. And one brand didn't, specifically, they didn't time the event another brand uh, timed the events they had places right you finished in 30th they had divisions yep. and they had times the other brand they they didn't want to pay for uh, RFID chip timing which is like 50 mm. cents to $1.50 per person so we're getting you know 20,000 people in an event and they were like now nah, we're not going to do it so yeah. they came up with they came up with a, a slogan you know they came up with this party line that said if anyone asks us you know why we don't time the events say uh, here's what we're going to say. We're going to say, it's like climbing a mountain. It doesn't matter how quickly you climb the mountain. It just matters that you climbed it. Which brand went out of business? Yeah. The one that didn't time it. So I think many respects, the reason why the D10 has uh, stuck, and, and I've, 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 you know, absorbed these headwinds since day one, which was hmm. the events have barely changed. In the event, an event change, like when we took out tricep dips and inserted a broad jump.
0: Which, was, uh, come on, man, you, you screwed me, Dave. I just want you to know that.
3: <laughs> oh, we'll I've talk heard, about that later. <laughs> I've heard this. It was There was standardization. It was applicable yeah. to the NFL combine. It took out subjectivity. Um, and so if I, I maybe pose the question back to you and say, is the D10 easy for a lay person to understand when they see the 10 events? The answer mm. should be yes. I know yeah. how to perform every one of those things. Now, you can, you, there's some skill in performing them optimally, but ultimately, right. everyone can run, everyone can jump, everyone can throw, everyone can pull, everyone can do these motions. So maybe well, I, the success is that it's just simple, simple yeah. to understand, simple to perform.
0: Oh, that makes sense. And you know, now that I think about it, I, I think what I enjoy about it and what I imagine a lot of folks like me who participate enjoy about it is it immediately gives you a set of goals that you can start training towards. Everything's quantifiable, right? Cause like I, I feel a lot of people can probably relate, especially if they were athletes in high school or college or, you know, even professional, once that's taken away, you, you often go through a period where you're a little lost and you, and just, yeah, speak about the gym, right? You go in there and you're like, well, I don't know. Like, what am I doing? Trying to stay in shape, trying to snag a wife, which is important. But for me, it was like, I kind of, okay, I did that for a while. I kind of stayed in pretty good shape, you know, what have you. I jogged, I, I, I did curls. And then it's like, man, I need that goal. I need something to train for again. And to your point, right, it's 10 events. It's quantifiable. Not only is it quantifiable, like there's scores associated with it. So you start to map out like, oh, man, if I do this, like how can I kind of perform optimally? And it it adds a level of like enjoyment, excitement um, that I think is is lacking, uh, you know, not only in other, other events like you alluded to, but just for people in everyday life. Um, so it's inherently very motivating, I would also say, as someone who's gone through it. Uh, I'm, I'm good, glad to hear it in the element yeah
3: go ahead i was just gonna say i mean i mean you know as as an athlete if you can perform the same uh right so if you were a golfer how you how you performed in the masters this year it provides you a baseline for wow. how you should pref- how you would aim to perform the following year all sports right this is applicable for all sports metaphors for days sure right so if you Don't time it. You don't standardize it. You don't standardize the scoring methodologies and the procedures on how things will orchestrate. Then the whole thing falls apart. And as we saw in mud runs, right? Like someone had never thought about why would someone do this again. And then the other guy said, Why would someone do this again? You have a course, and you have a time, and you have a place, and you have a category, and come back try and beat it again.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. Um, and something else I think the D10 does so D10 does so well is the mission behind it is so powerful. So what I thought was so genius is it's not just hey guys I'm I'm participating in the D10, you know, I I'm, I'm going to try and do it, I'm raising money. It's like no, hey, look. Uh, you're tapping into that, I don't know, a gambler's mindset so to speak in some way saying, "Hey, look, you can donate. That's fantastic." but you can also bet basically on uh, how I'm going to perform in a certain event or multiple events, which I was like, oh my God, that is, it's brilliant. How, how, how um, impactful has that been in terms of fundraising for the D10? H- has that always been an option? That became an option. We
3: began to, 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 to push out uh, performance-based donating in 2012
0: Mm. Um, I used to know these numbers cold. Uh, well, that's a much more politically correct way to, to put it than whatever I described. It's like they're gambling at the D10 based yeah, on. Yeah, no, that was
3: abs- that was absolutely <laughs> no, that that was it. So you know what 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 we had found early on was, in order to get someone who had competed in sports at a high level, hmm. for, for to get that person back on the playing field, you had to deliver an experience sort of aesthetically and operationally that correlated to the mountaintop they were once on. Ah. And then if you could deliver that, why would they try? They don't need need a medal. They don't need a trophy. They may enjoy obtaining another one of those, but it it may not be a sufficient impetus to get that kind of user back Mm. onto the field. And what does then – is if what does provide the sufficient impetus is to correlate the the athletic performance outcome to the charitable outcome, and if you can fuse them, then you can get guys like you and mm-hmm. and, and right fantastic male and female athletes, yeah, back onto the playing field, and how I don't know if you've ever you know sort of talked within the community, but much of our community. And I don't blame it for this. Much of our community doesn't participate in other walks, runs. Hmm. They participate in other charitable endeavors, but just they, they don't sort of give their body and they don't give their energy yeah. to other participatory events. Yeah. It, it's not enough to, to motivate them.
0: Uh, I completely relate to that. I I don't think I, yeah. And look, I, I love a good charitable organization and a 5k walk, but no, I, that would not get me motivated to put in the level of work that I do for this, for this D 10. Um, and something else that I think is, is really that I've, I've found found even more in year two is beyond the competitive physical aspect. The D 10 does such a great job of making the fundraising competitive. It, I, I feel like you guys have really have your your finger on the pulse of like what makes competitive people tick. <laughs> You're just like tapping into that for a great oh. cause, right? It, it could very easily be done for nefarious purposes, I'm sure, but like you you guys seem to have it uh, very well figured out, which has been a lot of fun.
3: Know your user, right? Yeah. Know, know your customer. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. Again, there, there's there's for. We still we still encounter these headwinds today, which are, you mm. know, can you lower your fundraising minimums? Can you lower, you know, your, um, you know, uh, we, we've always fought the the sort of the competitive versus participatory, um, I would say, aura around an event like, Ken, could we put a thousand people or five thousand people into a D10? We could. But yeah. the 300 that we want to put on the field in New York wouldn't do it. Wouldn't right. do it if the bet, ba- you know, the barrier to entry was so low and it was it was participatory. That again, like then now, now you're a five k, you know, fun run, you know, boot walk, and that's not right. our audience, it's not our user.
0: Yeah, uh, it's such a good point, right? It, it really is about knowing your user because it's you know, it, it, I wouldn't do it. <laughs>
3: you know, yeah. I mean, and,
0: I wouldn't produce
3: uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't excite me.
0: Yeah. No, I I mean, it's such a well-run organization and something that I found interesting, the more I've been paying attention to what you guys are doing is beyond the event itself, beyond just, uh, you know, the incredible impact you have for the charities that you work with. uh, I've noticed that like you almost have built out some of these like technological uh, advancements that almost seem like products in and of themselves. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking about like Norma. Yeah. You know, it's like it very easily could just be, um, you know, a D10 decathlon. It's nice. Like, Hey, we do a great job of keeping track of everything. We'll, we'll, we'll do our best to give you live updates. But like, I have family on the other side of the country. They, who watch? Can, like, they watch, they, oh, they get the cool. alert, they watch, they get to see what I'm doing. Um, and I'm just like, man, what an incredible platform the, the team has started to build. Yeah. So, like, how does how does that fall under the umbrella of of what you're doing with the D10? Uh,
3: it's a bittersweet topic.
0: Oh, is it? Oh no. Well,
3: here the, the reason <laughs> is that um, uh, as someone who's involved in the D10, you, you specifically, yeah, you you understand whether it's consciously, but certainly subconsciously um, whether you are registering for the event or you're mm. soliciting wagers on your performance, or you are tracking your results, or there are those who are watching from home. Everything mm. I've just described to you is a software uh, component or feature that we built And uh, the bittersweet component of of this story is that it's the it's the last thing you think about, as you said. How would that come from a charitable event, right? Right? Like, and we we just you know so yeah. Did we think that we could productize uh, Norma and deliver it uh, to uh, other entities? Yeah, and guess what? I went up and down Sand Hill Road. Uh, in like 2017, eight, 2018, when we put that out there, and yeah. no one believed it. No one believed that we did it. Really? No, no
0: one believed no, it. No one they believed just, that you guys that it worked. And you built it. it that, that people cared.
3: Yeah. Right. They just didn't didn't believe it. I, you know. Right. And so <laughs> you literally know that it works. Absolutely. Right. Normal works. Um, and 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 so we we decided. Okay, you know let let's you know sometimes maybe the lesson is sometimes you can uh you know you can be too early yeah uh, um in a a market um you know and, and sometimes you're you know that technology is just so unexpected from such an unexpected source you know that uh you know, productizing it isn't going to be a thing. But rather than be, you know, sort of downtrodden about it, you say, great, you know what? We'll just continue to deliver this awesome experience for people to do the D10. And
0: oh, it's so interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it really is, it's pretty cool. And, uh, I have to imagine a lot went into building that for sure because it, it's so well done. It's managing multiple athletes across multiple heats and it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, okay. So it sounds like you, you did try and productize it. Um, and it just, yeah, there just wasn't, wasn't recepted yet.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think so to, to, in case people don't understand what it is, yeah, Norma, sorry, I'm Norma you allows you to do right. So the D10 is 10 events over a four and a half hour period of time, but you're actually going to only as an athlete perform for, about you know, 11 minutes you know, throughout the day. So how do yeah. you watch that? And what Norma does is she interfaces with a multi-event contest management software that understands the order of events. Yeah. She understands when, an event, when a result is recorded and the sequence in which competitors are performing events. So in short, she knows where everybody is in the playing field. And so if I set Norma to only watch Ken, then Norma notifies the user when it is only Ken's turn. And then I launch the player and I can bet on Ken's subsequent performance and watch his performance and then tune out. And so when we thought about my track background, track and field is really exciting to watch. Unfortunately, it takes all day. Yeah. And so if you could just watch track meets on your own schedule, or if you were, right, think about like the US Open, right? The French Open just ended. And I always thought like in qualifying rounds, I only want to watch my guy from right. my country playing on some distant court, but on linear media, I am captive to what they want. Totally, yeah. right? So what Norma, as we illustrate in the D10, is you don't have to see the guys you don't want to see. You right. don't have to wait for the commercials. You don't have to wait for anything. So we thought you know, this would be a great way for people to tune in to watch the D10 New York, the D10 Houston, or, Ken, maybe at some point, a D10 World Championships.
0: Oh, here there we go. Here right? We go. Be yeah. be fun to
3: do that. And then you don't need to be at the mercy of the broadcast booth or the production room cutting the show.
0: It seems like if on-demand streaming would have been just a little bit bigger in 2017, everyone would have been like, yeah, that's how we consume everything now. On-demand, on my own terms, uh, where I want, when I want. Yeah, you can be like, All right, yeah. we'll roll it back out. We'll yeah. roll it back out. You know what? I'll start doing some work on the ground here. This is ridiculous. We'll get this <laughs> fired back up. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's just, it's just so cool. All the, all the things that you're doing within, you know, just the umbrella of the D10 itself. Um, one thing I want to ask you, cause we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. All right. Absolutely. You are an entrepreneur. Um, how are you balancing this time with your personal life? Right. Cause like I have a job and I'll, I'll open up to the listeners do sales. Right. Even though I am not commuting, I just feel like I am constantly battling. Where do I spend my time and energy? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think the energy piece of that can be the most challenging piece. Cause it's like, yeah, you can find time to be there, but like, are you present? Are you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Giving the best of yourself to your wife and kids. So like, I, I know that you're a family, man, you know, it's, to what extent, like, how, how do you balance that? Uh, you, you have to
3: have a good partner. You have um, to have a really good spouse, um, you know, that allows you to, uh, you know, spend more time than you would otherwise if you were right, not entrepreneurial, um, Yeah. you know, pursuing that. Um, I think it, 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 to, to your point, yeah I have, I have kids, you have kids, and so um you you have to absolutely commit to being present when you're there, mm-hmm. right when you're around, um not just being present you know dad is home, but <laughs> right, but dad is actually home watching television, not connect with the kids
0: yeah do he's, in, he''s in the lazy boy watching the Astros with a beer in his hand right,
3: right, so <laughs> that's not my style, that's not my jam, so yeah um uh, yeah, I mean like it's not for everybody, but you know that's the way that uh I'm wired. it's quirky. My wife would certainly like me to sit down sometimes, but that's just i don't
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh, so what does a day in the life look like of Dave
3: uh well, I'm an early riser
0: okay you know, naturally nat- naturally oh four thirty uh, yeah, four thirty
3: five o'clock four thirty five o'clock um uh that's yeah, that's when I'm good. I work out super early. Uh, yeah. I read super early um you know in the morning
0: oh, you know? okay so um dare dare I say read for pleasure early in the morning
3: yeah i mean i i, I read um you know uh, a lot about uh i mean th- th- this year i've read a lot about habits i've read a lot about uh leadership particularly for military leaders uh a lot of, a lot of i mean i've read you know are dave you a big epstein. Jocko
0: Jocko willink fan
3: uh, i mean I, I, I like the guy but I, you know i i much prefer you know reading dave epstein uh he wrote ah. range which was fantastic uh, i just finished uh jim mattis's call sign chaos uh general uh mattis um yeah and then then i'm gonna i'm gonna work until you know uh, eight, eight to nine o'clock in the evening. Uh, get home to my <laughs> wife for a half an hour, and and, but then the weekends I am totally in, you know, sort You're of same, same same duration, but um, you know, I work Sunday evenings, um, okay. and then I'll get up, you know, before our, uh, uh, my youngest daughter will get up, and and my wife will let me work, you know, at six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to like seven thirty. Uh, eight o'clock and then, you know, I'm all in on the fam.
0: Yeah. And you, you kind of alluded to is that just the way you're wired? Like if you had nothing but free time, would you just find yourself standing up, finding something to fix, do build? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think there's a, a big part there. It's like, you really do kind of need to accept the way that you like to operate. Right? Like you, you, I mean, I'm not to, not to put things on you, but I might imagine that like if you were forced to try and just like relax and have downtime, like that might make you even more miserable to be around than you would be if you were burning the candle at both ends, working nonstop. Uh,
3: Yeah. I mean, as an an entrepreneur uh, and as, as an athlete, right? So, so as an athlete, yeah. Um, putting in so many hours perfecting your craft. Was to other people a chore, but to an mm. athlete, that that wasn't work. I'm going to imagine, right? I'm speaking for you. No, like, uh, yeah. that, no go ahead. You found joy. Yeah. In that process. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, like, oh, my God, you're burning a candle at both ends, you know, working out in the morning and doing it. No, that's just a pursuit of a dream.
0: Yeah. I like that. Uh, and it's absolutely true. And it's something, uh, you know, when you're working with something with purpose, it, all the more enjoyable. <clears throat> so are, are you, are you, you mentioned this a little bit, are, are you constantly looking for ways to get better? You oh, know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. is is that just, is that, is that a pretty accurate description of kind of how you operate?
3: Yeah, uh, sh- uh, sure. Um, it's so much fun. It's so much fun to, 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 to be, to be, you know, the, the next thing, um, you know, we, we, so to to bring it back to the D10. Yeah, please. Um, one of the things that you'd recognize as a D10 athlete is, you know, there's no Gatorade on the playing field. We don't Mm -hmm. wear Nike clothing, you know, all of the sort of the name brand category leaders, we don't have any of them. We Hmm. always have those categories checked off as sponsors, performance sponsors, but we usually don't have, right? We never have the incumbent. So Uh, so that's intentional, intentional, right? So I was like, okay, if you want to impress Ken Gunter, you can't put Gatorade on the field. You need to put the thing he doesn't know. That is a superior <laughs> hydration product. So, yeah. so you know, in 2020, everyone has a whoop. Well, ask guys in the D10. We had whoops in 2016. We beta tested them, right? Uh, cool. So we wouldn't touch that anymore because we already know. I mean, I believe this. No offense to those guys, but, like, we know the superior products, right? But we intentionally work at finding that. We had, uh. you know, we had K2 Super Coffee, before anyone knew what they were intentionally. We were the, we were the white paper that Lululemon used to enter the menswear space when no one on earth had no man on earth had ever wore worn their girlfriends, yoga brands. Right.
0: And I'll tell you what, I only wear Lululemon pants there you as, go. A point of, as a point of principle. As a point and of I principle. didn't even know that you were somehow behind that.
3: <laughs> we, we, right, so there is so so that the the objective to pursue, you know, to be working on yourself is as much a personal, you know, uh, prideful thing. I'm sure that you know you're acutely attuned to this as well. But then mm. it's also just it's a part of our business.
0: Yeah. Well, it's so cool to hear, and I'm not surprised by it, but the level of thought and detail that goes all the way down to even like, what are the athletes hydrating with on the field? And I don't mean like, Hey, how can we get these guys peak performance? It's like, no, how can we curate an experience that we know our user is going to love and want to come back for, even if they don't realize it's happening. Yeah. right. Because you're right. You're getting introduced to new thought leaders in the space. Um, Oh, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that too. I, I think yeah. something that's been really intriguing is the extent that you deliver value back to the athletes beyond just the competition. You guys have a number of like workouts that they can tap into, uh, you know, private sessions with key business leaders. Like, I guess, what, what is kind of the driving force behind that piece of the D10? And I guess, why, why does that matter?
3: Yeah. Uh, well, first on like on the gym piece, you know, we entered in, in New York City. W- we wanted to be a, quite a catalyst to bring the community together, you mm. know, in between, right? There's, you know, in in the off season, uh, to yeah. work out together, to to meet one another. I mean, people got married because they they met each other through the D10 working oh, no out kidding. with one another. Yeah, and so cool. uh, we couldn't do that by partnering with, you know equinox or new york sports club so we found you know in 2015 14 15 like tone house and Mm. like we went to those places that no one had yet experienced and introduced that um in terms of the thought leaders so um what we recognized was there there were people that uh you know can Knew what the D10 was. They probably donated mm-hmm. to the D10. They read the articles. They watched the show, but they were never going to do it. However, uh. they could be a fantastic conduit or a fantastic catalyst to bring in other people to actually yeah. do it. Right. So we were, we, what we've done over the years is cultivated these. You know, one on one relationships with CEOs and sports team owners and brought them into these fireside chats. It's all off the record. No one can see it, right? And Mm -hmm. you can roll up your sleeves and have a candid conversation with some just incredible people that, you know, I said, you're not behind a dais. So you got to say the real answer to anything that we pose to you here. And, you know, the community appreciates that kind of access. And ultimately, somebody said something to me about you know two years ago that stuck with me. Some D10 athlete said this. He said, the, D- the magic of the D10 is it will take a step toward you, but to get the greatest value from the D10, you have to take a step toward it. Oh, wow. So when we put that CEO you know, in your living room, you, have an, you know, if you want to get the value out of it, you want to make that relationship, you got to show up. Yeah. And what you do with it, what you do with that relationship in the moment is up to you.
0: Hmm. I love that. Yeah, you become personally invested, right? You, whether, whether it's, I mean, beyond just your time uh, or your money, rather, it's like you're investing like, your actual time and like you can't help become, uh, you know, more bonded to just the overall experience because like, you know, like you said, you've given something up, so to speak, to take part. hmm yeah. Ah, oh, man. I love it. What, uh, okay, here's something I want to ask you. I know we've got a little bit of time left because like you said, sure. you're working until at least eight or nine before you come in to shock and awe the family for for a little bit. Uh, wh- you mentioned that the D10 is not, I think the word you used was like a pass through, mm-hmm. right? You you said you didn't want to stand in the way of, of money making it from like donation to the end beneficiary. Can, can you right. talk a little bit about that and, and why it is, uh, worth, um, you know, describing the difference? Uh, yeah. Without sounding like a complete geek, I'll try.
3: So come on. All right. So (laughs) what, what, what we wanted to do was, um, build the front door to the charity. Hmm. And so when someone places a wager on your performance in the D10, The entity that is processing that transaction is the beneficiary's merchant processing account,
2: which means
3: where the money lands is also the beneficiary's bank account, which means the donors are not the D10's customers. They are the donors to the charity. It means the charity... As the direct relationship with the donor, we do not want to be a broker of relationships yeah. between relationships or money between the donor and the beneficiary. So yeah. you know, our, our our you know part our, in partnering with beneficiaries, we've always had some differentiation here in, in saying, um, you know, I I am literally bringing new people. Into your coffers, into your marketing yeah. campaigns, into your you know, um, you know donation accounts. But it's your mm. responsibility to then manage those relationships. Whether it's transactional things like issuing tax receipts, or whatever subsequent campaigns you want to then push out to that audience, select wisely. Hmm. So that's the tech we've always done.
0: That's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And does that also go a little bit further? Because I feel like, and you know, stop me if I'm getting this wrong, but you know, every dollar donated actually goes to the charity, right? Is is that one of the critical components of that approach?
3: It is it is. So we said we I don't I don't want to process the donations. I don't wanna receive the donations, I don't want to have a responsibility to issue tax receipts, I don't want to have a relationship that meaning the D ten, not Dave Maloney, but I don't want the D ten to have the yeah. relationship with the donor. Instead, everything I've just described is the responsibility of the beneficiary. We set everything up, press play, and right now it's their game. That's It's their it. to play.
0: Okay. So, see, because I, I think that really is important. I can understand why from like a business perspective that would obviously probably be preferred for a lot of reasons as well. Yeah. But I, I think it's really important that there's often... It's so obfuscated in terms of like how much money the end charity actually gets. Where are my dollars going? How are they being used? Um, it was really nice when I read, you know, hey, every dollar that is donated directly to this cause lands with this cause. Mm-hmm. Right. So for to to run the business side of things, right? Is that where you mentioned like you have like you know these corporate sponsors? Mm-hmm. Um, are, are they the ones then helping kind of like support the business side of things so that you can like deliver this incredible experience and like kind of create the atmosphere where you can raise the money? Think about Ironman. Think about Ironman
3: triathlons, oh. registration fees, sponsorships, all those ancillary events, you know, that you reference there, you know, yeah. whether it's JP Morgan or somebody is making it possible.
0: Mm, got it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's probably something most people are like. Why are we talking about this? But it it, it to me it seems like a ri- really critical part of it, especially when someone's going out trying to raise donations, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, look, this is a cause I believe in. Your money is going to directly to the source. It's it's uh, really making an impact. And maybe we can end on this. You know, you mentioned that your mother had cancer, but h- mm. how did you land specifically on? Um, and of course, now the name's escaping me pediatric cancer research yeah, with uh yeah. Memorial Sloan Kettering. H- how did you land on that beneficiary? Well, so my mother was treated at Sloan Kettering. Oh, okay. Um, our
3: beneficiary is uh often Sloan Kettering, but we we partner with other uh you know institutions, Stanford Children's for example, Lucille Packard Children's Hospital uh in Palo Alto.
0: Um, oh, yeah, and I, guess, I I guess I suppose it'd be regional. I just Yeah, I, yeah, but yeah. we still we, officially pay attention to <laughs> <in> New York. <laughs>
3: Pediatric cancer is, is is dependent on private private funding, right? So so it has a very 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 tiny percentage of like the you know national Institute of Health uh, budget. So um, mm. you know it, it, pediatric cancer is rare, thankfully, but as you know, an eighty percent cure rate, you'd like to close the eighty percent you know that that delta. Um, mm. And in order to do that, it's requisite you know required for you know, to have private funding uh, step up, and um, you know it's kind of easy to, to get behind that, that kind of a cause. Um, oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So that, that's how, that's how we landed, you know, where we did.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, doing such incredible work and I, I love to see that it's continuing to grow. I know that like the the headwinds you're experiencing this year pro- probably, uh, you know, feel a bit overwhelming, but I have no doubt that it'll be back. Um, for folks though, who do want to learn more about what you're doing, like where's the best place that I can point them either to follow you, to follow the D10. Yeah. Uh,
3: you know, I would go to the D10.com. You can follow us. We're probably most active on, uh, Instagram, the D10. I personally probably most active on LinkedIn, um, Hmm. for, you know, for whatever that that's worth, um, and have been steadily pushing out, uh, um, a cadence you know biweekly or so of a blog post um, you know trying trying to take uh, lessons from the d ten and share those with with uh, other entrepreneurs, right whether it's you know Norma being too early to market or being too far afield from what anyone th- thought you know it would ever you know originate from um, yeah. well, these are lessons and, and there's no reason to be bitter about them, but rather just put them out there so that other people. Uh, you know, could potentially learn and make more prudent decisions,
0: uh, maybe than I did. (laughs) But we're not bitter at all. That's life. you just keep going, right? Exactly, exactly. Oh, well, Dave, man, thank you, uh, you know, for your time. I know you're incredibly busy, but also, man, thank you for everything that you're doing. Uh, It's making a tremendous impact. And uh, hopefully I will continue to be a participant. Uh, even though the 400 is usually the worst part of my year, but uh, man, I'm just I'm having so much fun watching what you guys are doing, and it, it's such an incredible cause. Oh, let me ask you this: Yeah, are you guys in this interim period? Are you still trying to raise funds, or is is it more about like waiting until the events can happen and kind of go through the traditional channel?
3: Yeah, we're we're, we're candidly we're, we're waiting. I mean, there's so many other opportunities that already exist in the marketplace to continue to support those beneficiaries. That we, yeah. we we had come to the decision that uh, we don't want to contribute more noise to an already noisy environment. But rather, we'll we'll sit and wait. People can still benefit those institutions, and then when when the sort of the uh, the timing is is right, uh, yeah, and we'll we'll reemerge and you
0: know, makes sense. On. Stick stick to what you do well. I'm with you. Well, awesome, Dave. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Hey, my pleasure.
3: You better go ask mommy, daddy.
0: <laughs> um, so I know Dave was a fantastic guest.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: however, where I would like to start. Now, what this is, what's today's date?
1: The 24th.
0: In the year of our Lord, 2020. <laughs> oh this weekend. Um, we oh, live, my God. Yeah, we live in a state where sports gambling is legal.
1: Oh, yeah, I can't remember. I We've
0: given away where we live. That's okay. The show's getting so big. I don't need stalkers <laughs> rolling up into my driveway.
1: For they're else, like, Or any more stalkers, I should say. Yeah.
0: They're like, what? So DraftKings <laughs> offers a matched up to $500 free bet bonus. Now, uh, people may or may not know this. I do enjoy a little sports betting from time to time. So I said, you know what? $500 for free. No risk. Let's do it. So I decide, well, if you're going to do it, don't just dabble, right? Yeah. Who wants just, you know, whatever, plus 100 odds.
1: I know. What's It's not even worth
0: it. Yeah. Who's going to get a rush from that? Yeah. That's not even going to make a dent in a kid's college fund. <sighs> so we did a three-team parlay.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. We. Yeah, we. We, we did yes. that. Yes. I you, took, and you and our daughter?
0: Yeah, actually, yes. Uh, my daughter is now uh, maybe the biggest football fan in the house. She was Possibly. way more into it than I was. Which She's was, fired up. It's like all my dreams are coming true. There was tears. There. So I took Alabama against the spread against Tennessee. I took uh, Notre Dame against the spread against Pitt, and Pitt is trash, so I felt really good there. <laughs> and then I took mm-hmm. Penn State against the spread now let me give you a little bit of background for those who don't know and i know you know this uh you're painfully acutely aware they're playing the university of indiana the hoosiers traditionally not a great football team okay they have gotten better and i've made some money on them in the past i digress (laughs) but this year okay penn state was only a six and a half point favorite one touchdown on the road with no fans. It's their first Big Ten game of the year. It's their first game of the year. So they had an entire offseason to prepare for this game. Uh, the University of Indiana has not beaten a top 10 team in over 30 years. 87, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, there are no notes in front of us, by the way. Okay? So this is incredible.
1: No one believes you. <laughs> no, no
0: one believes me. They're like, we've learned. You, you, He just said that yesterday. Yeah, I burned that bridge too many times. You know, this is all web of lies. So anyways, I'm feeling really good. Now, normally when I do a parlay, ideally what I would like to happen is for them to be in a couple different time slots. So if I can see, Hey, look, the one o'clock or the noon game hits perfect. The three 30 game also hits. Now I can maybe like hedge my way out of the, the late game, the seven or the eight o'clock game. Well, these games all happen at three thirty. There's no hedging opportunity here. At least not for someone as simple as me. <laughs> Alabama destroys Tennessee. As planned, Notre Dame absolutely throttles, absolutely throttles uh, Pitt. I almost forgot who they've been playing because they didn't even show up. (laughs) Penn State goes out and plays like they think it's a pillow fight. (laughs) They go down. They miss two gimme chip shots. They fumble inside their own 15 to end the half. Uh, I think they outgained Indiana, and this is an exaggeration. Like, nearly at one point, they outgained them, like, four to one. So, by all intents and purposes, they should be winning, but they're not. Whatever. There's no money on the line, but there's an opportunity to win, like, 3500 bucks, No risk. Mm. So, as I'm watching the game, cursing Penn State, Penn State makes a miraculous comeback. <laughs> they get within, let me think of this, six points. They have a deep bomb down the field. They go up one, Okay. Indiana gets the ball back. They, of course, flounder because they're also terrible. Penn State gets the ball back. All they need to do to win the game. Now, remember, I have points. All they need to do to win the game is just run out the clock. okay? but through like this just freak accident, the Penn State running back breaks through the line. There's no one between him and the end zone. He gets all the way to the goal line is about to just. Stop and take a knee because he knows he's not supposed to score, but he just like walks in almost bewildered
2: mm.
0: for me and anyone else who had like the money on Penn State with the points, freaking out. Have you ever seen me more excited? No. <laughs> How would you describe the situation? specifically the kids?
1: Oh, because yeah. our kids it, now they
0: knew that everybody we, was
1: screaming. <laughs> it was like the it, the last time I saw you celebrate like that is when the Seahawks won Super Bowl,
0: and I wasn't that excited.
1: Yeah, you weren't even that excited. No, and I
0: love the Seahawks. Yeah. And I would waited my whole life for that Super Bowl. Yeah. But this is a lot of money, (laughs) okay? So for anyone who's listening to this, who watches sports, they probably know what happens next. So Penn State, now up eight, okay? I only need six and a half, so I'm in the money, right? (laughs) Everything else is hit. We're going to like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that money. I was thinking about it as soon as I, I had won it. You were
1: going to bet it again? I was probably
0: going to bet it again. No. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we would have gone and bought like a Datsun or something.
1: A Datsun?
0: Isn't that the car? You could probably get a Datsun for like 3500 bucks.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about the dog. That's a dog.
0: Oh, man. What's the car? <sighs> Do
1: you know what like I'm talking a, about? Um, Whatever. What are those like little mini Coopers?
0: Kind of, but it's not a mini Cooper. It's like an old... I think it might be a... I'll look it up. People are screaming at me right now. They're like, it's a... Thing. <laughs> Long story short, they kick the ball off. There's like a minute 20. Indiana has one timeout. All they need to do is get a stop. There's like, let me think of this 75 yards between Indiana and they make a miraculous march down the field mm. score. And we're out.
1: It was it so should depressing. be over. so depressing.
0: But they go for two, they tie, we go to overtime. The bet's alive again.
1: This is the longest story ever.
0: Is it, You're not enjoying this? No, no, no
1: Go ahead. I, I love this, but go ahead. Keep telling me.
0: Yeah. So it's okay. We have a sliver of hope once again. Penn State wins. the No, let me think about this. Indiana wins the toss for overtime. So Penn State has to go first, which is what we need at step one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay? Because mm-hmm. we need Penn State to win by seven. The only way that happens in overtime is if they go first, score touchdown, kick the extra point, and then completely shut out Indiana. Mm-hmm. Penn State has to go first They score a touchdown We're up seven We're in the money again Mm -hmm. We are about to be rich Okay It's going to pay for all this Ridiculous podcast equipment (laughs) One game (laughs) And no They let Indiana Come back Yet again Make an amazing catch In the end zone Indiana is now down one I don't know why I'm yelling at you I'm still angry (laughs) I'm not even angry at you It was your money too Indiana right to just it's actually th-
1: fake money, quash money yeah
0: it was fake money because we actually didn't lose any money but whatever it doesn't matter Indiana decides to go for two they said screw it enough toying around we know we're not very good we're gonna lose us if we keep going we're gonna go for two and then in one of the craziest finishes that I've seen in the last couple of years of college football mm-hmm. they get it on a miraculous uh, controversial dive to the pylon
1: yeah it was crazy
0: How sad were our children?
1: Mm, Yeah. I mean, our daughter was crying, but mostly because she thought that you were crying. (laughs) Were you crying? Maybe. I don't know.
0: What's that? No. I thought you were, weren't you cutting onions or making dinner
1: or something? So anyways,
0: (laughs) that was our weekend. But boy, Dave's sure nice.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: You know, I couldn't help it because I was doing the takeaways and I was thinking about
1: what we were doing here for about 20 minutes while you were telling that story. performance-based
0: betting. I'm fired up about it. I know. I will never forgive Penn state. Ever. I already knew not to bet on Penn state and mm-hmm. I will, I just will never forgive them. Yeah. So sorry if you're a Penn state listener. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of you that I do like, but uh, I am officially cutting off the nitty lines probably forever. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, famous last words, <laughs> know your user. People are like, I didn't sign up for this. I know. This guy's a degenerate gambler. Um, but yeah, so Dave knows exactly how to tap into that. Mm-hmm. uh and i think that's one of the things like we discussed that makes what they do at the d10 uh so much more than just like a good cause mm-hmm. it's so engaging it's so much fun and if you're a spectator it's captivating right because there's no short of things that you can like donate money to yeah but this like you get skin in the game and it's incentivized and you get to like track the people that you're supporting and yeah it's y- really cool your donation changes based on how well they do such a, such a cool event um, you know what I've been talking a lot we're going to divert from our script a little bit oh
1: god <laughs>
0: okay you oh, yeah. had a takeaway
1: oh yeah I that did. I thought
0: uh, yeah it was pretty spot on very, so go ahead. It is important yeah very important some would say the most important yeah some well, would say the love of my life
1: <laughs> <laughs> well he was asking or you asked him yeah. what he thought the most important thing an entrepreneur could have who's also like balancing all these other things in life. And right. he said a good spouse. That's very true. And I agree.
0: Yeah. And that was your only takeaway from the show. <laughs> you wrote it on a big piece of paper. I, st- I
1: stopped listening. I
0: shoved it in my face. Just like in Goodwill hunting. <laughs> How you like these apples? Um, but no, that's so true because you know, I feel like there's a lot of people who could just be workaholics Mm -hmm. and if they didn't have someone, and I'm not saying that Dave's a workaholic, maybe he is, but if you didn't have an amazing partner at home to like be the glue to like hold everything together, like a lot of those people would not be able to balance a family life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know who said the same thing? Do you remember this? Galen Rupp.
1: Oh, that's right, yeah.
0: Three-time Olympian. I mean, he's won the Chicago Marathon. He's one of the Mm -hmm. greatest American runners probably of all time before it's all said and done. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: He said the exact same thing. He's like, man, how do you do it all? How do you balance it? the first thing out of his mouth. He's like, I have an awesome wife.
1: Teamwork makes the dream work, baby.
0: It's true. Um, Yeah, you're pretty amazing. (laughs) No, it's true. You do a wonderful job.
1: (laughs) Sounds like Dave's wife is too.
0: (laughs) Yes. As is Dave's wife, if you're listening. You came through with glowing reviews. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah, no, but I agree it's so critical right because yeah. it's like you can't do it all like that's that's actually the truth. You can't do it all
1: if you're if you want to have a family as well. right.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's like there is a point where there's not enough hours in the day despite mm-hmm. what people say.
1: Yeah, you found that.
0: Well, yeah. oh yeah, and I feel like I'm still even coming up short in a lot of ways. Not I just I just mean like the stuff <gasps> I want to <gasps> do. <laughs> People are like, Whoa. boy, this guy's really <laughs> really bent out of shape about that sports vet. <laughs> the other one that I, I thought, and he gave the story, which just I thought was was uh, really hit home was the needing to know your customer. Mm-hmm. Right. So we already talked about some of the things that are so cool. The performance-based betting, the fact that you get like real-time results. They're doing an amazing job like curating experiences they know will be intriguing that will keep participants coming back. But I loved like uh, the example of and I don't think you actually used the names, but it's Tough Mutter mm-hmm. and Spartan Race. Yeah. I didn't know that Tough mutter I had to look this up. Tough Mudder did go bankrupt. Really? And I feel like Tough Mutter was like the first mover. I felt like that was like the name yeah. when all these things first started.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize they didn't track times, though
0: right but i wouldn't like that no i would not like that because i'm like what am i doing all this for if i'm not going to know if i'm getting faster if i'm beating the person next to yeah, me. yeah i just or... want
1: to know that i'm better than everyone else
0: well, that's all I'm, that's why i do anything really <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> to prove how awesome i am <laughs> that's why i race my children every morning <laughs> start the day off with a quick victory
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good life lesson for them
0: yeah yeah you're never gonna beat your old man and something <laughs> about Pers- pers- persistence and perseverance, I'm sure, is in there as well. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, no, but I just thought, wow, that is such a good point. And of course, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're starting a business, yes, you should know your customer, you should know your user, but it's to the degree which he said he and his team take that into consideration.
1: Yeah. Well, he, was, he said he could easily make it for a thousand people right. and make the barrier to entry much easier, and he still gets requests for, but the kind of people he wants doing it, the kind of people that are going to really like, leave their heart and soul out there and raise as much money as possible and get into the competitive competitiveness of both the fundraising and the actual event. That's who he wants out there. And they wouldn't not, you wouldn't do it. No. If I were good at pull-ups, I wouldn't do
0: it. Well, when you're good at (laughs) pull-ups.
1: Maybe one day I'll do
0: it. So I wanted to talk to you, but maybe we'll save time so that you can do a full 10 minute rant on the next one.
1: Okay. Because
0: you did just do a very impressive, I'm going to call it a physical feat. What would you call it? Um, that physical yeah, thing. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Mental fortitude.
1: Mental fortitude more, yeah.
0: Should we tell or should we just leave a cliffhanger?
1: Let's leave it a cliffhanger.
0: Oh, ho, ho, ho. They're like, <laughs> no. It's too,
1: it's too fresh now, to <laughs> now. I need to know. No, I mean, we can tell them
0: what it was and then we'll talk oh, about no, it. No, no, we're not. Time. We built it up. Okay,
1: fine. Okay. Tell them next week. Come okay. on back.
0: <laughs> um, okay, last one. I almost said it like super quickly so I could just get it in. But I
1: was like, what is wrong with me? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it next week. Um, actually, and you know what? You came up with this one as well and you you wrote it down better than I did. Uh, oh. The last takeaway. I really like the one that you had.
1: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, I said to an athlete, it's not burning the candle at both ends. It's the pursuit of a dream when you're talking about um, like working so hard and it's the same for him as an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's how you find joy.
0: What is the worst working job you have ever had?
1: I don't have, I haven't I have really had a bad job. Oh. The hardest, physically, not physically. I mean, it wasn't like hard, but when I was <laughs> <laughs> the most undesirable, I guess. Back
0: when I was part of the Iron Laborers Union.
1: Uh, well, I used to paint fences all summer. Yeah. Growing up. That was monotonous That's and pretty horrible. Brutal. Yeah, that was brutal.
0: Especially in the, the but, hot, the hot uh, yeah. Pennsylvania heat.
1: I'd wear Human. a bathing suit so I could just oh, like hey get now. a tan while I
0: did it. Hey, something for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds awesome. Bussing
1: tables, though, maybe was the worst. Bussing tables.
0: Um, I will tell you the worst job I've ever had. Can I, I guess? I, oh, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Uh, there's a couple, but. Being the, the person that pushes around patients at a hospital.
0: Oh, my God. I forgot about that so that actually was worse? oh yeah that was a good job there were some hard days yeah i was um mm. man would they call me a transporter i think yeah, you yeah, lovingly yeah. referred to as a candy striper <laughs> oh, that's right. but yeah that was, was some gnarly <laughs> you
1: were a candy striper well,
0: but it was some gnarly stuff like we're, yeah. we were moving people you know i mean who had just gone through a lot out of like um the emergency room and putting them you know in a permanent room or seeing people in just horrible situations. Oh, that'd be hard. That was wild. And it, I'll tell you what nurses, whatever nurses get paid, it is not enough because mm-hmm. the things they do on a day-to-day basis, Yeah. Um. you know, frontline workers, I feel like there's, you know, a bit more awareness about those folks and rightfully so right now, but man, the work that those people do every day is just incredible.
1: I can just like not get the picture of you and a candy striper dress out of my head now.
0: Um... <laughs> I just want to make sure you know that I wasn't wearing a candy striper dress, right? I
1: don't know that for sure. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I had scrubs.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> candy stripes, strubs, scrubs, scrubs. Um, no, my worst job was I worked in a call center. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> and not just in a call center. I worked in a call center. I was the last line of resort when someone could not get their discount discount prescription card uh, to control? work. So after they had gone through all the automatic steps, after they've tried to do themselves online, they would get sent to me (laughs) and they would be irate. (laughs) And uh, let's just say that often the folks that like made it down the funnel and ended up on the other end of my line, um, not necessarily (laughs) the cream of the crop, shall we say sharpest tool in the tool shed. But uh, yeah, that was a horrible job. My bathroom breaks were actually, I was, were designated. Oh my I think gosh. I got like one. I got one and I what? got lunch. That's crazy. And so if I had to go and I had already used my bathroom break. For and
1: the I know day. how you like to hydrate.
0: Oh, big time hydrator. And back at that time, variable, very, very irritable stomach. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, where were we? Jeez. I don't even know where you're going with this. That's okay. Uh, oh, pursuit of a dream. Yeah. So anyways, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you love it, you know. It's not it work. It doesn't fail, yeah. It right. But should you hate every second of being there, it just drains you. Mm-hmm. People are like, what is this?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is no, happening? But, but, it's, but it's so true. Like,
0: you know, not everyone can do what they love. And the reality is, like, you know, sometimes you need a job, but... I do think there's a lot to be said for having a pursuit where you get to do something that you're passionate about, whether it be big or small or something that you're trying to grow, Mm -hmm. uh, because all that time invested really is fulfilling, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So when Dave said his like day-to-day schedule to me, a lot of people probably like,
1: what crazy, (laughs)
0: like how much sleep are you getting? But you know, it sounds like he loves it and he's, he's, he's in pursuit of a dream. So Mm -hmm. it's worth the cost. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah, and he's and, got a good spouse to help him along. Were that, you gonna say that? He's
0: got that great spouse. Were, you're,
1: were you just about to say that?
0: Uh, no, but I assumed oh. you would. Oh, okay. Yeah. You nailed it. You hit that one right out of the park. Uh, anything else you want to talk about that maybe we haven't hit? <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't think
1: anyone wants us to talk about anything else. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think you're just squirming in your chair waiting to get out of here.
1: <gasps> no, I'm not. <laughs>
0: You're like, oh, God, everyone knows knows my husband's degenerate gambling woes. Uh, Well, that was a good one. And you know what? Uh, When the decathlon hopefully does come back after all this crazy COVID nonsense, not nonsense, because it's very real. But once all this is over and the D10s come back, we're definitely going to have Dave back on Mm -hmm. and hopefully we can help raise some money Uh, and hopefully I get to compete in it again. But uh, I'm not getting any younger.
1: I know. You need a you need a victory under your belt.
0: Oh boy, wouldn't that be something? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>
1: thank you, Kenny. We haven't for had,
0: narrating. Yeah, we haven't had a good conversation uh, all weekend, so it was nice just to catch up with you, you know? <gasps> I know. It's been nice. <laughs> all righty. Well, uh, we've got some good guests coming up, but I'm not gonna tell you who they are, folks, because off the top of my head I don't remember what order they're in. <laughs> so we will see you next week.
1: Awesome la vista.
0: <laughs> All right, bye.